Today, we're speaking with Dr. Diane Wider. She's a certified coach trainer, a Gallup certified strengths coach, and she's also the CEO of Wider Consulting Group, as well as an adjunct professor with Regent University. We are super excited to talk with her today. We're going to try to figure out what leaders can do to develop their people and themselves using their strengths through coaching. So welcome, Dr. Wider. Thank you, Gary. It's good to be here. Before we talk too hot and heavy today about leadership, strengths, and coaching, I want to get to know you better and get a glimpse of how young Diane became Dr. Wider with a PhD in organizational leadership. How did you learn about this field and what drove you to become the doctor that you are today? Yeah, well, I wasn't so young when I did my doctorate. <laughs> I actually had the goal of completing it in my 40s, uh, by the time I was 40, I really didn't even begin to pursue it until after I pursued my master's, which I did in organizational communication. And then from there, actually, didn't really have a desire to pursue a PhD until I saw classes for a PhD. So the backstory is I was a bookstore manager at Regent University. And when the books started going on the shelf for the brand new organizational leadership PhD. I was very intrigued and wanted to audit a course and through that process, then applied for the org leadership. Interestingly, we can see how God began working in her life by placing her in a position to not only become aware of leadership training, but give her a way to learn more without too much expense. With this insight, I also wanted to know how she got into coaching and became a coach trainer with Gallup. The big parts of my passion have always been helping other people become their best. You know, as a manager, that's always been part of what I do. You know, people have asked me, how come you're so successful in management? I'm like, because I, I care about people and I, I really pour into my people. And that really helps me manage well. It's the only way, you know, that I can manage. It's how I've learned. Yes, there's other components, but people are the key ingredient into being able to manage well. In terms of the coaching, I learned about coaching while I was at Regent University. Well, actually even back up, I actually learned about coaching when I worked for McDonald's back in the late uh. 80s, early 90s. So they had even a coaching process now it was designed for kind of corrective measures initially, but they also, you know, learning how to use it to help other people take ownership and overcome obstacles. Uh, that's where I first learned about coaching. While I was at Regent and in Virginia Beach through Joseph Umidi and through Tony Stoltzfus, they had an organization, I think it was, they had it together called Transformational Life Coaching. And so someone had said, hey, Diane, I think this would be great for you because it's about leadership development. It's about people really, really living their dreams and living their dreams, you know, in Christ and living the dreams that God had given to them. I learned the coaching process and learned how to really help people in identifying their passion, 
identifying their strengths, identifying and articulating their goals, really that communion with God in becoming their best selves. So I took the coach training with the organization, and then I took the coach training training to be able to train coaches through them. And kind of very shortly after that, I learned about the Clifton Strengths. At the time, I think it was called Strengths Finder. So in the early 2000s, there was a book called Now Discover Your Strengths. And then there was another one called Living Your Strengths. And those books had what, what we call codes in them. And those were to this assessment and people could get their results on that. And it was a tremendous eye-opening experience first to see how coaching worked. And that seems like a mechanical word, but to see how it really touched people. I mean, I often say that I think it's a sacred space when you're coaching because you're getting into the heart of people, they are very vulnerable with you, sharing their heart and their passion, their dreams, their goals. And, you know, we as coaches are tenderly holding those things because that comes from the heart of people. And, and as a believer, I believe it comes from the heart of God to and through his people. So that journey in coaching really started because I I do genuinely care about people. I genuinely believe in them and want to see them in becoming all that they can become in reaching their goals, their passion, and really their purpose, if you will. Thank you for sharing that with us. That's, it's very touching that you that you shared that with us. And number two, something that you said really stuck out to me. You talked about namely caring about those that you're leading and coaching and and how caring helps them open up how does showing that love and that care actually help um, the walls come down if you will when you're using coaching as a tool to to help them find their strengths and develop their strengths i think trust is a key ingredient in coaching And when people know that you care about them, they do trust you and they will open up. So that care helps in building that relationship. And certainly, you know, when we look at coaching, we have we have what we call these competencies for coaches. And part of that is establishing Mm -hmm. relationships and things like that. But the trust is a key component and being able to give trust and then you know, receive that back from clients, it helps them in opening the door. The other, the other thing is that coaching is a partnership. And when you're partnering with individuals, you're side by side with them. There's an ebb and flow in this process where you are as the coach supporting them in their endeavor, but that also helps in building the trust. In terms of really kind of seeing people's strengths, it's, To me, part of it's a gift in terms of being able to see what helps people and what strengthens them, uh, what they're good at. People often know that themselves. It comes, but, you know, we can get into some conversation about assessments and things of that nature. But when you see people and see where their passions are, so so I'll I'll talk just a minute about this, but uh, when I was trained as a coach, I think as a coach and a coach trainer, I believe it was Doug Fike who talked to us a lot about tree to tree experiences. 
you know, and really helping us to see that a lot of our lives aren't linear, but it's this, mm -hmm. oh, you know, we're over here and now we're here and now we're here and seeing how these different experiences have helped us as individuals strengthen and learn about ourselves. So I think it's true as coaches, we help people make sense of those experiences and to see then where their strengths are and how that's meaningful to them and then how they might apply that in the future or build on that for themselves. Believing in people is, is a critical aspect of, of coaching. It's not just that you, you care about them and, but it is also believing in them. Do I really believe mm -hmm. that we're uniquely created by God? I do. Do I believe that we are, we all have strengths and gifts, abilities, passion, purpose? I do. And so when you're coaching somebody and you're in that partnership with them, you're really focusing on their uniquenesses, on their heart, their passion, their abilities. Now, we're really getting into this conversation. Dr. Weider already gave us great advice and insight into how she not only got into coaching, but how coaching gets into people. At this point in the story, she helped me understand how coaches can grow in caring for others by developing their hearts. You also have, you have the heart of a coach and you may have read different books that talk about that heart. I know Tony Stoltzfus talks about the heart of a coach and Thomas Crane is another one. He's even written a book called The Heart of the Coach and, and others too, because it's not just these competencies and these skills, but it really is the heart and the belief in others. I'm genuinely amazed at how Dr. Weider came from a position in corporate America, working at McDonald's and learning about corrective coaching. Because she cared for others, God guided her to learn about the correct coaching and leadership. So with this backstory, I was naturally curious about what leadership methodology or model that Dr. Weider mainly focused on in her work. While I was not surprised at her answer, I grew to have great respect for her methods. I lead from a model that I would say, well, I do say, and I've used this for years, decades now. Boy, that makes me feel a little older. <laughs> but it's like the more we know ourselves, the more we know our followers, the more we know our God and our values, and the more we know the organization, the better we're going to be able to lead. And so for me as a coach, how well do I know myself? What are my strengths, my weaknesses, my propensities? Where do I lean into when I'm you know, when I'm stressed and what do I do? How do I handle those things? Where do I soar? How can I create more of that for myself so that I can really live in this realm? And you do the same for people. How can you, how can you help people live in this realm of, of really fulfilling and purpose, you know, where they are in that space mm -hmm. more than they're not? That helps people in bringing meaning and it gives them that fulfillment. Her experience in caring for others brought her to this point. But you can't get into helping others find themselves if you don't know yourself. Dr. Weider knew this, and she knew that this was the next point of our discussion, and she set out easy guidelines for coaches and leaders to learn about themselves so they can better help others. Who's telling us who we are? 
where are those messages that we're getting that tell us who we are? I'll start in my home. I mean, my mother just had this incredible belief in all of her children. And she helped us all in seeing our strengths and seeing ourselves. And, and she believed in us. You might say, well, that's normal for a parent. Well, it might be normal for a parent, but it really mm-hmm. is true. That's where those first messages of mm-hmm. who I am and how I am and where are my strengths, where those came from. And, and then other places for me that that came from was, you know, in sports as, a, as, a, as an athlete. And then as an employee, bosses that tell you these things about you and reinforce that. So you get that feedback from others that feed into that thing. That's why it's mindset, not just for the coach, but for the individual is so important. Overcoming lies and overcoming those those bad beliefs about ourselves. I say bad, those negative or untrue things about ourselves. Those messages feed into that as a coach, helping people identify their strengths by questions and and by them telling me about their experiences. So I mentioned trust. Listening is another tremendous mm-hmm. element that fits into the coaching process. And it's throughout the coaching process. What are people telling me about who they are and what they desire, what their dreams are, their goals are? their passions, what brings them life, what fulfills them? How can we as coaches help people see that? Well, that happens through the coaching process where you are discovering, exploring, helping them remove obstacles, helping folks create a pathway forward. That all fits into the coaching process. Ownership, responsibility, those are components that fall into it that are honoring to the client and back to the client themselves. So so there's a lot of pieces that go into this for the individual. And I was really blessed to to learn about a coaching, to learn about coaching because for me, it helped bring process and it helped in really identifying, even as a coach, a way forward for people. I'd always done action plans. As a manager at McDonald's, you're constantly Mm -hmm. doing action plans with people, right? Here's your goal. Here's this. Okay, so you're doing that, but to help people learn and grow. But when you have an action plan or when you have a plan and somebody creates a plan for themselves to overcome an obstacle or a way forward into something that they're passionate about, that they're desirous of, that they want to create for themselves, or develop, it's it's rewarding to see to see them and fulfilling their purpose and their passion. Early on, you talked about helping and, and caring about the people, and that you had a lot of sources of information that gave you that good source of a list of strengths that you had and ways to develop those strengths. You mentioned earlier as well that most of the coaching at McDonald's was early on geared towards improving something that wasn't a positive behavior or trying to make something that was not performing well do better. And that's typically where a lot of people think that coaching is, that coaches are there to fix a problem because a person is not performing the way that everybody wants. And so they go through life. Um, Some get positive parental guidance and others not so much. And then they go to 
if they if they have the privilege of attending public schools in the United States, they get 12 years of negativity until they, they grow up and they graduate. And, and we have these high rates of depression and anxiety because of all these negative feelings, negative things that they've been told about them all their life. And they come into the business world and now I'm the coach. How can I take my caring for them and help them overcome all that negativity to come into a positive place where they can see and act on their strengths. Wow, yeah, so there are so many who have the misconception of what coaching is. And, you know, we, we don't talk about it enough, but I think it's an important topic in terms of coach readiness. Is that person even ready mm -hmm. to be coached? Just a quick note, you know, coaching isn't counseling. Sometimes people might need counseling because they've had traumatic experiences over their lives that also feed into who they are and that might be an obstacle in their way forward. But, you know, when you look at that, a very common coaching model is called GROW. And it's your goals, mm -hmm. your uh, reality, your obstacles and a way forward. Now that's kind of very basic you have somebody with their goals. Well, part of the reality component is understanding where they are now, what that person might think their limitations are, what that person might even think about themselves. And, and it's a, you know, it's a, it's a careful space because I'm not counseling people, but you really do need to understand, again, even as that client, where they are, what is their reality? And if they can't even begin to, to see that way forward, you know, they may need, uh, they may need counseling. So the negativity that's there, part of overcoming that is just recognizing where the individual is. As a believer in Christ, there's, there's so much, you know, where we really have to press into, to who we are in Christ and believing what God's word says about who we are and what God's word says about who people are. And then you have this whole realm of, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the mindset of the individual mm -hmm. has a lot to do with that. But in the GROW model, you know, you're looking at what is their reality? Then what do they want to do about changing their reality? So another key concept mm -hmm. in coaching, or other, two other key concepts here, are ownership and responsibility. As the coach, it's not my responsibility to bring change to the individual. It's it's really they take the ownership for what they're doing and they're responsible for taking the actions. So we have different pieces that we use as coaches. What are some things like assessments that you use? And I happen to use the MBTI and I happen to use the Gallup Strengths in my work. The MBTI tells us a lot about how we behave and how, what our preferences are in terms of how we might process information. That's a very helpful tool for us to have as coaches and for the client to have as well, to understand themselves. The same is true for the strengths. How can I help the client utilize their strengths? And Gallup has a lot of tools that help the coach help the client with different actions that they might take or different things they may do, how they may approach something. So Gallup has done a lot of that back work that helps the coach in helping the client. The mindset is really important. You know, what a person believes is true. We know that perception is reality 
And so those mindsets are really helpful. And sometimes as a coach, just asking somebody, you know, what do they think about themselves being able to do that? What will this feel like if you do this? Or how, what would this mean in your life if you are able to accomplish this? How will this change for you? They'll release information to us as coaches. We wouldn't necessarily actually say, you know, how do you feel about it? But we would ask somebody, what would that be for you if you accomplish this? When we look at, at the whole person, and that's really you're coaching the whole person, mm-hmm. there is a place of coach readiness, their desire, their willingness to, to move forward. And sometimes that even that personal awareness that somebody has, they want to make change, they desire change. Coaching is absolutely for that. People think, oh, the only people who should get coaching are leaders. That's another misconception. That is, that is absolutely not true in one regard. In the other regard, if we really do believe that we are all leaders and, and that is part of, our, of who we are, then yes, absolutely. But everybody should have access to coaching in organizations. You know, there's a saying that went around Facebook years ago, manager to employee that said, you know, what if we do you know, train these people and they leave. And then the person says back, yeah, but what if we don't and they stay? Coaching, (laughs) while different, is don't you want the best? Don't you want people to perform at their best? Don't you want them to be fully engaged in your workplace? Don't you want them to become even more and to keep them because they're satisfied in the workplace rather than dissatisfied? Well, then you're saying, yes, I do want coaching for everybody. You know, it's why would I withhold a good thing from an employee Mm -hmm. who can possibly bring benefit to my organization? So the mindset is really important. That readiness for a client is important in where they are. And we can help a client get ready for coaching, if you will. If they desire change, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're, healed whole they are they can be a client and they can move forward in what's important to them and their goals and um and bring about that fulfillment and engagement in their lives you mentioned that coaches can help increase that desire for improvement in the employees and i think they could probably do it in themselves as well what are a couple things that a, a leader can do or a coach can do to try to help create that desire in the employee to do better? Yeah, I think, I think one component of that is just asking those questions about even where the person is now and where they want to go. And some, some people say, well, gosh, I can't even dream right now. And we, while it's not (laughs) counseling, we can help in understanding why they are where they are. And if they even have that inkling, of wanting something to be different, you know, really pressing into and trying to capitalize on their own awareness can help awaken that within them so that they can open up to even just small dream and small vision. Sometimes the stress of the organization and the stress of the work is so overwhelming that people just are befuddled. But Mm -hmm. when you trust, when when you build that trust, 
And again, when they see that you really do believe in them and that you desire to see them in that place of fulfillment, they can, they'll open up and share the different obstacles. And when you know, when they know what obstacles are, even the coaching process helps people overcome those obstacles. And each person is different. That part of that uniqueness is Mm -hmm. you don't tell people what to do. You know, you're asking them questions throughout the process so that they are solving their own problems and they are creating their own, uh, their own plans and their way forward. Part of that is that ownership and that autonomy that goes back to them being responsible for their life. Tony Stoltzfus, you know, and, and Joseph Humidi always used to say as we were learning to coach, people are experts in their own lives. And we need to hear what they have to say about their lives. It's one of the reasons you don't really do that prescriptive work in coaching, because I, I'm not the expert in somebody else's life. They are. Even me, if somebody's working with me, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think everybody should have a coach, but I wouldn't ever expect my coach to kind of tell me a way forward, because they don't know how I work best and what works best for me. So even helping a client identify those things can help in overcoming those barriers and spark and stir. Like anything, you know, a little bit kind of builds that uh, Mm -hmm. for, for them and for a client. One of the reasons that I use the Gallup strengths now is because clients have this experience of, wow, that's me. I get me. And when they see that, the power of an assessment that helps them in that way, it really can help in overcoming some barriers that they might have to pursuing and stepping into their goals and their work and their passion. I know when I took the, the strength finder, the strength assessment test uh, from Gallup, the strength finder, it was eye opening to me and it was like an aha moment. And I, I didn't necessarily have to sit through an hour long coaching session to get it. It came out and there were things identified in there that I had previously thought I was not, I'd had no strength in and it was a total weakness and that I would never have any chance basically of improving that. And the strengths finder told me the exact opposite. And so I totally can understand what you're talking about when you mentioned that. That's amazing. Okay. So we talked about the coach gaining confidence in themselves, but she also mentioned earlier how coaching from the heart could bolster a person's confidence. The Gallup Strengths Finder helped me find confidence in areas that I lacked. So I wanted to know how coaching from person's strengths increases confidence and empowers them to overcome the obstacles they face. It's like, you know, I mean, so as a manager, I know when I've had employees who are disheartened, when you, when you create an environment where they can have success, you can build on that and they trust you in a coaching relationship where you can help somebody see themselves more clearly or where they begin to have those successes because of something that they've done and the fact that they're solving their own problems and you're just you're there as just that partner with them that trust and that belief in somebody else that support for them 
expands and grows. So the more, the more, the more, the more, and it really does lift up that inner person and um, help them connect with themselves and see and trust themselves, you know, even more. Mm -hmm. Once they make those connections, that's what actually can motivate them into the leadership realm because then they, they have that list now of things that I'm good at and that I know that my boss or my leader, my supervisor cares about me enough to help me develop that and move forward. And so they can gain that confidence to move into the leadership world. That's, that's really amazing as to how that counteracts the cynicism that we face daily around us, that onslaught of cynicism that we get in the news and from walking down the street. And that's, yeah, we, that's really amazing. Look at just that's a general awesome. model of, of leadership, you know, part of that is what is, who am I? You know, we're always asking that mm -hmm. question, who am I and who am I becoming? So we look at our strengths, our character and really, and even just, I don't want to say becoming our best self, but I will hear, who am I? And what does that mean? What am I bringing? What am I depositing? What am, uh, am I somebody others will follow? Do, do I walk in confidence of my being? And am I leading people with, you know, that vision, modeling the way and creating a pathway forward um, for folks? So, so our own character and that knowing ourself is so important in the leadership process and in this, the leadership being and realm. Real quick here, as we come to the end, what three pieces of advice or suggestions or guidance would you offer an emerging leader that is just entering into this realm? What, what three pieces of advice would you give them to help find strengths and develop those in others? Yeah, I think the first piece in finding strengths is is really a, a coach. Whether you're you're after those those Gallup strengths or just your own strengths, I, I would suggest a coach. The other thing is that I do think assessments are really really helpful. I but I think there's this place so that first place of a coach because the coach can help us in, in even that, that plan of identifying our leadership and what that's going to look like. So as you're emerging, but it's interesting because I'll couple this with the fact that, you know, I've got this thing that I've, I'm really kind of calling the golden tri trifecta of leadership. And that is mm -hmm. training, mentoring, and coaching. And you need all three of these together in this realm of experience in order to to really develop well, no matter where we are in our process, we need the training, we need a mentor and we need the coaching and we need the experience. Um, so I'd say to those leaders, you know, really that self-awareness and the awareness, get a coach, it can help in that arena. I think the other thing is to, to, to take time for your own reflection and hear what people have said to you. Oftentimes we may you know, discard certain things, but people tell us a lot about, wow, you're really good at that, or I appreciate this in you. So listening to what other people have to say about ourselves. And then the space of feedback. And that feedback can come through assessments, mm -hmm. but it can also come from our own leaders. What are they telling us about, about who we are and how we can develop? 
So I think those three things are really important in that coaching ourselves, listening to what others have said about us over the years, and then really getting that feedback that we have. That's for ourselves, And then for others that are following us, I think leaders really lack feedback from people, from the people that are following mm -hmm. them. One of the hardest questions that I learned to ask as a young leader was, what could I be doing differently? And boy, that was sometimes really difficult mm -hmm. to get that feedback from people, but it also changed how I lead. And that's, that would be one other piece of advice, you know, in that realm as we're developing others awesome. to pay attention to who they are in that and to mm -hmm. let them become themselves and not try to shape them into uh, a mini us or a mold of who we are, but to help them in becoming themselves. That's so true because we're all individual children of God and, and we're not carbon copies of each other. And so if we try to make a mini me, it, it's a disastrous effect at that point. So thank you. Mm -hmm. That's really good advice. Thank you. We've covered a lot of ground today. What did I miss or what came to your mind that you'd like to share now that we missed? I think, I think that, you know, as coaches, we really do have that place of responsibility to helping others in becoming their best selves. You know, when I think about coaching myself and why I coach, I, I really, I coach because I believe in other people. I believe in their goals. I believe in what they want to and are trying to accomplish for themselves. It's a transformative process. And maybe I don't know if I even really said that, but it is transformative in seeing our clients being empowered to live full and purposeful lives. And when we're talking about leaders, how they lead really is dependent upon how they have been led a lot of times. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to change bad habits, mm -hmm. but let's be leaders that people want to follow and leaders that develop other people well, leaders that invest in others so that they're not having to undo the bad or the incorrect but that they can soar and really develop into their best selves and their best leaders. Now that we've reached the end, I really wanted to learn more about what motivates Dr. Wider to do what she does. Each of us at some point must find our motivation and act accordingly. Once we see what motivates us and what gives us fulfillment, we can stop running the rat race by chasing unimportant things. I have found that looking into the legacy a person wants to leave behind often opens the door to seeing what motivates them. Dr. Wider's legacy, however, mirrors Christ's, and I was privileged beyond measure to have this time with her. I think that legacy really is, you know, just seeing other people become their best. I'd love for people, you know, to say, gosh, she helped me understand myself and to be a better leader. I lead better because of the influence of Dr. Wider. And... I, I am closer to God as a leader because of just the encouragement and the influence in that direction. I want people to know Christ and to lead from that place of doing all things as unto the Lord and really realizing that, uh, that our God has uniquely created them. And 
and that he will fulfill the purposes and the plans that he has for their lives. That, you know, so I'd like for people to be able to say as part of that legacy, you know, I lead better because of that encouragement. I, I know, know God uh, more fully because of that encouragement. Thank you for, for bringing your legacy here and helping me especially to find that and to move forward. So I know Thank that you. there's going to be other people that, that listen and watch that will have a similar experience. So thank you so much for the time that you've taken today. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate for, it. Thank you. My last question for you is one of a, a moving forward because coaching is about moving forward. So what projects is Dr. White are working on that you'd like us to know about? Well, a couple of things. I don't know if this will air in time for the first one, but um, I am partnering with Bellum Leaders, and we put on a leadership symposium. It's called the Confident Leader Symposium, and that is in January of 2023. And that's for leaders. It's to help leaders build their confidence and grow in confidence. I think other projects I am working on uh, with Regent University, I'm working on roundtables. We're always um, in the process of looking at the research and helping to bring the research, particularly in coaching, forward. So that's another element that I'm working on in terms of projects. Got a book chapter that I'm expecting to come out and then a couple of articles as well. So those are projects that are just uh, there in that arena in the realm, but yeah. Thank you. When you get your book chapter ready, send it over and we'll post a link so that um, everybody can go and pick up a copy of the book. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for your conversation and for your knowledge and for your caring to help move forward leaders. We're so very thankful. And I think we've hit a gold mine on the, on the conversation today. Thank you. Thanks, Gary. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. In today's discussion, we found several hidden treasures regarding coaching to the person's strengths. Dr. Weider shared that all aspiring leaders should learn to coach and have a coach. She also dispelled the notion that only organizational leaders should have coaches. Based on the premise that we are all leaders at some time, we all need coaching. As part of her conversation with us today, Dr. Weider also explained that coaching fills people's needs by supplanting the negativity that all of us encounter each day. Coaching replaces it with facts that point out things we do well and empowers us to find and overcome things that we want to change and make better. Dr. Wider also drove home the thoughts about the coach and the leader needing to care about those that they lead. As leaders grow to care for those they lead, they become more apt to aid them in their improvement journey. Along those same lines, she encouraged leaders to use the golden trifecta of leadership, training, mentoring, and coaching. Coaching allows us to come to terms with and apply what we learn so we can move forward faster. Dr. Wider encouraged leaders to take time out of the hustle and bustle to listen to what others have said about their leadership. She asked us, what can I be doing differently? Dr. Wider also encouraged leaders to let their followers become their best selves. She cautioned us not to try to remake them into our image, but to encourage and help them become the best person that they can be. If you found as many treasures as I did on this excursion with Dr. Wider, please join me next time 
as I continue the hunt for leadership treasures. Thank you and have a great day.